And away we go. This is it. This is episode 229. 200, that's right, 229 episodes of this thing. This thing called No Laugh Track Podcast, recorded right here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. My name is Justin Severson. I'm the host, and uh, Circle of Heat is a band whose music you just heard there at the beginning. My guest this week, uh, Christmas week, uh, has been here with me before, but if I remember correctly, we have I don't think we've ever done one, just the two of us. I think it's always been you and someone else. Yeah, it's just, yeah. this is definitely the first one where it's just been me and you. It's intimate. I like it. Mm, yeah, baby. And that you and me is Nate Abshire. And here we go. All right. Hello. Y- yes. Um, I think last time we did one uh, uh, was Christmas. I don't know if we've done one since then, but I know last year we did one around Christmas with Brian. Yep. Miller. Yep. He seems to be on here a lot. Well, not anymore. Good. No, I feel like I need to write him off. He's. I also see he's doing a lot of other podcasts. Yeah, I want. I didn't want to tell you, but I wanted you to find out. Yeah, just because it feels right. I know, and it's like I've sort of like he's a good guest and has you know he's pretty quick and has things to say. But I mean, let's not. You know, that feels a little strong. I mean, he's not the only one that has that skill. <laughs> it's not like just him that can do that. Uh, yeah, I see his name popping up. Like, oh, I guessed it on this show. Like. Oh, okay. really? All right. So you'll never? No, I'll never do another <laughs> podcast. I don't. I don't even. This is the only one. Thank you, thank you. That that's what I, it was. Just a warning. That was my <laughs> passive aggressive warning. Like the, after this, no, all right, that's it. Have some loyalty. I understand. You'll never have another guest on. <laughs> no, too. that's true. Turn and turn about. <laughs> that's fair. Is fair. <laughs> Happy New Year. No more show. So no, it's good to have you here along. So when you say two twenty nine, is that week? So it's weekly. Yes. So this is like four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It does not feel like the podcast has been going on that long. No. Not even to me. And yeah. I no. And you've been here for all of them. Yeah. I don't. I totally don't. It does not seem. And uh, and actually, it's even more than that. Is uh, I mentioned sometimes because we have lost episodes where we recorded a whole hour with someone and then we find out that the audio was corrupted or record wasn't hit properly or god forbid that happens today (laughs) we'll just throw in one of the old ones and take out current references (laughs) (laughs) okay good yeah a little a little after hours magic (laughs) yeah exactly have you seen uh have you seen the new star wars movie i have not okay well because i'm just gonna tie that in and say that uh well i have twice already okay and uh so you liked it yeah yeah, okay good yes and uh why i had to go opening day because that's me and i have to go on opening day for all movies or is just star wars (laughs) only star wars okay i don't go to opening no i barely go to movies nate honestly (laughs) i i had a lot of fun with force awakens i'll be honest Mm mm-hmm I went opening day, which I don't do. I like to go opening day for movies when it's a cultural event. I'm not super into Star Wars or anything like that, but every once in a while, if it lines up right, I'll go opening. I went opening day for uh, episode two. Yeah. Yeah. The bad one. Yep. That movie was so bad. But the thing that I loved mm-hmm. about it was uh, I went to St. Anthony, and uh, it was, you know, and uh, me and a friend, and we went to the show. And um, people were dressed up as Jedi and Sith Lords and all of this, you know, Star Wars stuff and yeah. like f- painted face. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm I'm a very low key. I'm a video game nerd. I'm not like a Star Wars. So. But the thing that was so magical about it was about 15 minutes into the movie, the entire crowd decided like. As like it was almost like a hive mind thing happened where everyone decided they were can I swear yeah they were fucking done with the movie (laughs) and it was so magical it just happened where we were all like everyone in the theater was just like this is a piece of shit yeah and um so (laughs) what happened was and it's like honestly the most fun possibly the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater watching a movie. People started heckling the movie like where, you know, there's all those scenes where uh, Anakin and uh, uh, yeah, Amidala, Amidala, Queen Amidala, Queen Amidala, where they are like having these just the most ham handed. Oh, I love the you worst. dialogue of all. T- and like all people are doing is call- like calling him names. It, it felt like. <laughs> 
The guy could not express emotion. Yeah, and it, but it was it was the lines that people were yelling were funny enough where it felt like you know how Rocky Horror Picture Show has scripted audience interaction. Yeah, where people yell specific things at certain times. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. Wow! Like it was like this magical thing happened where all of a sudden everyone was having a great time and we were roaring. <laughs> I mean, falling out of yeah. chairs laughing. Yeah. And, like, I had a couple real great zingers, which I don't remember at all. Um, and, <laughs> like... You did your own Mystery Science Theater yeah, version. Yeah, it was... And, and so it was magical. Impromptu. And that's one of the things that I love about opening night with all with any movie. Like, I saw Snakes on a Plane opening night. Wow. Um, and a We're- bunch of my friends went... And it was everything I thought it would be. But the most magical part of the entire evening is there's that part right at the end of Snakes on a Plane. Because Snakes on a Plane is one of those movies where they made it, and then they focus grouped it, and everyone was like, we want more snakes, we want boobs, and we want Samuel Jackson to act like this is still Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That was the feedback. And <laughs> yeah. so they added scenes to the movie and things like that to make it more ridiculous because the internet wants that. Yeah. And so there's that scene at the very end of Snakes on a Plane where Samuel Jackson, right before he blows the doors off the plane and depressurizes it, he says, I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Yes. And it's great. <laughs> right? And we're, everyone's waiting for it. So the whole time, here's a little backstory I, I skipped. Uh, front row, we're towards the front, but not in the front row. In the front row, there is a guy that is hammered. He's. Like, he's drunk enough where his head, like, his neck isn't stiff. Yeah, oh yeah. Where it's just bouncing from shoulder to shoulder, and he's just kind of melting through the seat. And, like, at some point in the movie, he passed out. But right when that scene starts, because there's, like, music, right? It's like they're building up Samuel Jackson's line. Mm-hmm. And then he says it, like, and he wakes up in the middle of the line. And you can see it, like, we saw him just, like, perk up and get stiff. Yeah, yeah. You know, not like that, but, like, you know. And then he, and then Samuel Jackson says the line, and then he stands up and faces the rest of the audience. Like, he stands up in his seat, turns around, and just goes, woo! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, that just made my night. Yeah. And that's what, to me, that's what opening night is about. When I saw Force Awakens, I went with uh, a friend of mine, and uh, there's a MacGuffin in that movie, right? The MacGuffin is the is the map to Luke Skywalker. Oh, right. Yeah. They're searching for the missing portion of the map, mm-hmm. and uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, I said friend because I didn't want to talk about the fact that we broke up, but <laughs> but my girlfriend at the time, she like at first she just wasn't paying attention because I loved taking her to movies like that because she hated them. And um, I love that. And she wasn't paying attention to it. But then it became a running joke where every time they would mention it, she would go, wait, what are they looking for? And then I would say way too loud for a packed theater of people that care about the movie. I would go, Emma, it's a fucking map. (laughs) And and we would have a fake fight about it. And it was the funniest. Um, So that's like. That's my. You were my, pissing off nerds in the, in yeah, the theater yeah. that day. We did the exact same thing with Jurassic World, uh, which was super funny. Oh, that movie is over the top. Is very is real bad movie. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, the joke in that one was uh, <laughs> was we. I would just yell dinosaur because the whole plot of that movie is they would have like this conversation that doesn't factor into the movie it doesn't matter there's no character growth happening it's uninteresting Uh and then they would show a dinosaur as if the screenplay was written by four-year-olds where they were like what happens next i don't know more dinosaurs right (laughs) and it was magical so fill this with dinosaurs and we'll keep them happy it doesn't matter and it worked yeah being fair it worked yeah are you uh you know, along those lines of opening nights, what do you think? Of, I wasn't even going to ask you this, but it happened when I saw Rogue One opening night, and it um, people clap at the end of movie in a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Express yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Live you, your life. Have fun. <laughs> the people that are, did the performance aren't there to appreciate your clapping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I think though, if if you're clapping at the end of a like a movie. It's not like you're going to plays. That's true. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, 
That's as close. I mean, you know, knock yourself out. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a sophisticated living right there when you clap. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. Go home, eat some ranch and corn dogs, and yeah, you know, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, I don't even know. Well, let's move on to the the big reason that we're here doing this is because this is your week here. Yeah, and you're yeah. not sharing. It's right. your headlining, not day, not two days, not a fill in, yeah, not split. This is your week. Yeah, it's the first one, and it's uh, it's been an absolute dream so far. Yeah. It's one of those few things. I, I don't know if I'm broken or if this is something that everyone has in common, but when you, ha- when you want something and you work for it for a long time, my experience with it is once you get there, it's either anxiety-inducing or a big letdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far this week has been amazing. We had, like... A lot of people coming to shows, and it's not me. Like I'm not; they're not. I mean, a couple of people came to see me, but like it's not. You know, it's just the shows have been amazing, and um, I've. They only left the theater knowing, or the the club here knowing your name. They didn't walk in knowing your name. Yeah, that's the impression. I mean, I don't. I'm like an anti draw. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I'm great. <laughs> it's just maybe some people. Not everyone's figured I that have out. No yet. illusions that everyone else is on the same page. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been it's been really crazy. Like our Tuesday show had over 200 people um, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, and it's been that's super really great. fun. And uh, I feel like, I mean, maybe it's just because we've had two amazing audiences in a row. But like, I feel like I'm getting close to the hour that I want to record. Awesome. Um, and uh, not, I mean, it's not going to be this way, but I mean, next year, I think mm-hmm. I'll probably look to record. And that's really exciting. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And uh, finally getting the headline, you know, the club I started in kind of, yeah. you know, um, is amazing. And it's still one of the best clubs in the world. When, when you thought, is it Lewis, the, Lewis Lee, the owner, is he the one that tells you that, how does it happen when you got booked for this week? Does he? I got this week from Lewis. Yeah, I, d- I don't typically get my weeks from Lewis. Usually, there's an interme- intermediary because they know I have emotional issues. So, uh, <laughs> they, yeah, I feel like Lewis likes to keep as much distance as possible. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but this one I did get from him, and uh, and it's one of those things where like it. When it happens, you know, something you want for so long, when it happens, it's like, all right, this is crazy. I yeah. don't, this doesn't feel real. Yeah. But. You happy to to uh, give people comp tickets to come see you when they, your friends, you don't, they hit you up this week? Yeah, a few. Uh, a, a lot more people actually, though, bought tickets without telling me, which is flattering, um, you know. But at the same time, I mean, I'm trying to get as much money out of Lewis as I can. (laughs) Yeah. He's doing fine. (laughs) Let's be real here. Yeah. This is business. Yeah. He's a Republican. Come on. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I don't know. You know, we don't talk politics. Again, he keeps his distance. (laughs) Uh, Your name, I... I'm going to assume that you never listened to it, but uh, when I it was the show right after the 25th anniversary, the mm-hmm. Acme show. I, I heard about that podcast. Yes, it was um, Slagle and Brian Miller and Emily Galati. I did not know I was going to have three guests that day. I showed yeah. up here thinking I was going to talk to one, and Thick then I ended up with three. They are. Yes, yeah. it was fantastic. I know all of them, and it, it went really well. Um, A cadre of rapscallions, if you will. Yeah, and that was right after, like I said, the 25th anniversary show when Brian showed up with uh, the T-shirt that everyone wanted to buy off his back that night. Yep. yep. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> And then, and then, God forbid Brian Miller ever goes missing, because I will be in jail immediately. <laughs> Are you? Do you write down? Do you make sure you have an alibi whenever? Yeah, <laughs> you're not home. I told his wife. Or at work. I mean, I told his wife that night <laughs> that I was going to murder him and uh, bury him in a shirt. That said, "Deader than Nate Abshire," <laughs> um, which, of course, I'm not going to do. Oh, okay, okay. Do <laughs> you yet. want that on record that you're not yet. going to? Okay, yet, <laughs> yes. We'll see if we'll see if his shenanigans continue unabated. See if there's a yeah uh, for people who he didn't actually he... actually this is uh you know it's it's fun to 
to bust on each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to threaten him. But <laughs> but he actually he tweeted something because uh, he came last night, and then uh, on Twitter he posted. Basically, no one would like to tell you more that Nate Abshire's show this week is mediocre than I would. I saw that. <laughs> However, it's great and you should go. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to get that thing fucking framed. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. going to frame that. T- that means more to me <laughs> than almost anything else. I mean, that was, uh, any. I mean, you know, it was, uh, he's right. It was amazing. <laughs> yes. But. No, I noticed that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that you did that. Yeah. 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 Especially. Like, it's the opposite of the t-shirt that said funnier than Nate Abshire. Right. Yeah. Which, there's been multiple incarnations of that shirt. Oh. Were you not aware of that? Did I you not know that? I, so, uh, a long time ago, I mean, not a long time ago, it was a few years now, I guess. The fr- He and I got bumped up to feature from MC at about the same time. Mm-hmm. But there was one week on the books that I emceed one week longer than he did. And that show was Cy Amundsen's first headline. Um, like his first full week. Yeah. And so I hosted Miller featured and Cy was closing. And that was the first time that Brian did that. With oh, the shirt. I don't know if I knew that. Okay. Yeah. So I, int- you know, and it's a running thing where, you know, I don't think that I was emceeing that show specifically on accident, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So the first night he comes out and he's wearing the shirt. Perfect. Um, the best part of it was though that that night I had had such a good set that the crowd really didn't like him <laughs> <laughs> for that shirt. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was safe for the 25th anniversary because I wasn't even on that show, so he got lucky that time. But yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was so that timing, so man, like a long timing can history. be everything, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know, I had some time. Uh, to reconsider all of my violent intentions when I saw the reprisal of the shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've decided, you know what? Let him have his fun. He needs that. <laughs> <laughs> fair- what else has he got? Yeah, fair enough. Certainly not an act. Hey, all right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, um, I. if people did, have, did not listen to the episode with uh, Slagle, Brian, and uh, Emily Galati, there was... Uh, I didn't see this happen. I didn't see this coming, but it actually turned out to be uh, very funny in that they were telling they're you know with three comics here and me as the host. They started swapping stories about you know from the past, other comedy clubs and comics who maybe have made some mistakes. But instead of using all those comics' real names, every character in every story was Nate Absher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't listen to. It. I just. Uh, Your I name hate, must have been mentioned uh, probably three dozen times. In that I episode. hate all of their voices so much I couldn't make it through the episode. <laughs> so. I understand completely. <laughs> I, I understand. They're uh, all very talented racist people, and I wish <laughs> them the best. <laughs> um, so you, obviously you're working here Christmas week. There's no Christmas Eve is Saturday, and this place is, will be closed. Yes, that night. So no shows show. on the 24th. Yeah, so it's through Friday. Um, how about I've been I've been getting people's thoughts on New Year's Eve shows. People say that they're not exactly the you know their favorite night to work, but money wise they can be very profitable. So I'm wondering, are you working New Year's Eve somewhere? Yeah, I am. I'm working. Uh, in Illinois somewhere, uh, it's it'll be fine. Um, do you if, have a Do you have an opinion on working New Year's Eve? Would you? Uh, I mean, it's another night to work. Um, it's you know usually people go out on New Year's Eve. Yeah, right. That's like what we do mm-hmm. uh, as a culture. So uh, it's just you know it's the boom. There's it's one of the best. It's probably the best weekend for stand-up comedy in terms of club attendance and a lot of times that flows over into the pay that the comics get. Yeah. Sometimes not. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're working a good club, then it does. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's so it's I think a lot of people consider it a like a mark of honor to be working New Year's Eve. Um I personally don't really care. <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds like I, I love doing stand up, but as far as New Year's, like unless it's something I can't turn down, which is what happened with this with my New Year's gig, um, 
Unless it's something I can't turn down. I, I like not working New Year's. I like just hanging out with my friends. Um, but sometimes it's like, well, I, I got to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, I don't. What, I, people call that amateur night, and that drives me nuts because I always feel like, you can't, what? Are you going to go out amateur night? That's for amateurs. <laughs> Only amateurs go out New Year's Eve. Right. I, can I go out and be a not amateur and just be me and not be judged by you pricks? Maybe I want to, maybe there's something fun going on yeah, that the, night I want to do. The real amateur night is St. Patty's Day anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's the amateur drinker night. Good point. Uh, I, you know what? Anyone that gets excited about green beer is wrong, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I personally don't like the Irish in general. But, <laughs> uh, they're right They're right there with Italians for me. Yeah? Yeah, I could take a hard pass on both, <laughs> honestly. That's funny. I mean, thanks for trying to bury our civilization in crime and whiskey. Right. Respectively. Right. But uh, hard pass, you know. It's interesting that you say that. My... Um... <laughs> I'm, I have something to tie into everything. No, I, I wish I did. But I do have in this case, we, I've already done a uh, Christmas gathering. Being mm-hmm. a, someone who is divorced with kids, and well, of course now remarried, but, you know, it's hard. We've got to share the kids on the holiday, so mm-hmm. you, can't, you, always get your, you don't always get your first pick on the times to get on together. On which kids? Yeah, on which kids. <laughs> All right, you, you can have one. I spo- I don't, not that one. I want that one. No, um... You know, there's you got to negotiate kind of on mm-hmm. you know, which days you're going to get and blah blah blah. Anyway, so we've already done one. We already did a Christmas gathering with uh, my f- parents and sister last week. My wife got a, um, a- ancestry uh, mm-hmm. DNA kit. Yeah, yeah. Send uh, in a cheek swab kind of thing. Yes, she said. I sent in my spit today. <laughs> um, she was so excited when she opened it up. She started tearing up. Like that's how. Excited Why is that? I am not. She's. There's because she, there's her grandmother has her grandmother. I'm going to say this very uh, politically correct. Uh, he, well, I'll just be, you know, she has like five or six kids, all with different dads. So some of the history has sort of been lost mm-hmm. in the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very excited to find out. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So she's excited to find out f- for real what's going on there. All right. Yeah. Uh, would you something for you? Would you care about something like that? What if right now I was like, oh, surprise! I got you a gift, DNA testing. Uh, I mean, sending my DNA anywhere makes me uncomfortable. First of all, it's for uh, real. Just on a like, just a sort of visceral, paranoid level. I'm like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, my dad's side of the family is from the south. So I kind of have like a, well, I'd just as soon not know <laughs> attitude. And and I'm being uh, ridiculous. Uh, that side of the family has been poor farmers, like, for a long time. Like, not it's not old money. Mm-hmm. So right. um, I'm sure it would end up fine. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, my aunt... Uh, on my dad's side, my my dad's older sister is uh, has been really into that kind of stuff, and and they think that our family was German originally, but immigrated from Britain and may or may not have been Jewish in those days. Oh, like, yeah, going way way back. Mm-hmm. But but Abshire is every Abshire in the country can trace back to one of three brothers that immigrated to Virginia. Before the Revolutionary War. Wow, so you have some knowledge about this already. Uh, I think. I mean, that's the story that I've heard. I don't know how true that is, um, but that's the story that I've heard. So there's there's like three main Abshire clans in the country. Is there like an Abshire street in Virginia? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I wonder be- if there is. After Vir- I think that there's like there's Abshires in Virginia, um, Texas, and Louisiana. I think those are the big centers for that last name. Yeah. Uh, I'm not positive about Virginia, though. It might have that one might have moved somewhere else. Like I don't. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like sort of interesting to me for about two minutes, okay, and then I really stop caring. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually it was my first experience. I've never been in on a group text. Uh, okay, 
but then my dad added me to a group text with my aunt and a few other people that are all Abshires talking about, and it's all about the genealogy where they'll find old pictures and like f- trying to figure out who these people were and like things like that. And they're all coming from different sides of the family that are, you know, like it's like people that I'm related to, like five steps removed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and I remember my dad was like, do you want to be on the group? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then like, and that was my first, cause I, I realized at that moment, whenever you find out that someone's involved in a group text, it's like, Oh, I kind of want to be, I want to be included. And then as soon as you're in a group task, text, I'm ready to eat a gun. <laughs> no shit, right? Stop blowing up my phone uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. And the thing I realized is they're all retired. <laughs> so they're just sitting there mm-hmm. texting all day. They're staring at their phones waiting for that next reply. And you're like, <laughs> oh, right. enough. I, we got like, enough. And like every time... Every time, you know, my phone buzzes with a text message, I'm like, someone wants to talk. To- no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a chick. It's a chick. It's, it's a it's my, my aunt. My old relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong chick. Yeah. Yeah, well. So, I, you know, the ancestry thing is interesting. I mean, you know, but it's one of those things where, like, on a long enough timeline, the survival rate for anything drops to zero. Just like if you go back far enough, well, we all came from Africa. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see, and I'm, I'm happy for her that she's yeah, well, doing good it. Luck. Um, it'd be super weird when it comes back and it's like related to Ava Braun. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want it to come back that she's related to me. Like, somehow. <laughs> oh yeah, I went a completely different direction <laughs> with that. <laughs> Honey, we're third cousins. Is that ah, FDR? Yeah, right. FDR, FDR, and Eleanor. Yeah, see, oh, we're fine no matter. They were what. third cousins. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good to go. Um, there's a lot I want to talk to you about. Where do we want to go here? Uh, well, the <laughs> so this morning when I was doing some research, some uh, some of my prep work to do the show today, and I tweeted you the uh, Cajun. <laughs> yeah, is it? <laughs> it was called uh, cra- uh, the Cajun Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's, there's the classic Night Before Christmas all through the house. Blah blah blah. Not even. A and mouse. then they do one that's like a Cajun accent rendition. Yes. Did you know that that existed? Yeah. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff is super. There's a one of the pictures that I remember growing up is uh, it's a uh, Santa and it, like in the background it's the presents having been delivered under the tree uh-huh. and it's him sitting down to a big a big platter of boiled crawfish. Okay. Right. So like that kind of you know little spins on. Uh, the whole Christmas thing, I you know. When did you when remind me when did you move here from? I moved to Minnesota when I was sixteen. Okay. So and before that, you were in Louisiana. Before that, I lived in the South. I lived in Louisiana till I was eight, and Dallas till I was fifteen. Oh, okay, okay. But family now is back is where. My dad's my dad's side of the family they all still live in Louisiana, right? And uh, my mom's side is from Minnesota originally. Oh, okay. My mom lives in Missouri now. Oh boy, yeah. How does that work for you for the holidays? With seeing, uh, I mean, <laughs> I I'm working Acme this week. Right. Merry Christmas. Let, let's pretend there's a <laughs> different. Let's say they everybody wants to give you a big gift for your birthday. Well, I mean, I'm not Jesus, so that would be weird. <laughs> it, um, no, I uh, not December twenty fifth. I've never, I in my adult life, I've never been super into. I, I think Christmas is great, and I think it's great to spend time with people and value relationships, and you know, be good to the people around you. And mm-hmm. I think that Christmas is a great time to remember to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not like, you know, ever since I was about twelve, it's. You know, I'm I'm just not super into that. Like, I'm going I'm going to go and see my mom and my dad later, like in the beginning of 2017. Oh, yeah. Well, there you so go. We'll visit. Yeah, right on. Yeah, 
How about, did you, uh, like as a parent, like for me, I thought I was done Christmas shopping for my kids, and then I made the mistake of stopping into Target yesterday, and then going through the toy section, and now since we've seen Star Wars, I'm like, oh, I bet you'd really like that, and, <laughs> and then I spent more money than I, way more than I thought, like I thought right. I was going to leave spending $10, and it was significantly I mean, that's Target all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, but... How many people are you shopping for anybody this year? No names. No, I Do, mean, yeah. what is is Nick's is Nick's Christmas sack full? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I bought a couple gifts. I'm, uh, but uh, I, you know, it's it's pretty low key. It's pretty low key on my end. Yeah, the whole Christmas thing. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I don't have any problem with it. I think it's great, and I think people enjoy it. it. You know, I feel about Christmas the way that I feel about, like, Harry Potter and comic book movies. It's hmm. for children. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's for children. It's fine if you enjoy it, but ease up a little bit. When I meet adults All right. that can't get enough of, like, Doctor Who or... Christmas, I'm just like, well, maybe you need to do some other shit. <laughs> like, I get it. Christmas is fun. Hot chocolate. Days off work. It's yeah. great. But just that's how I feel. You know, Harry Potter. It's they're good. They're fine books. But let's come on. <laughs> You're not. What are what are, what are you a fanatic about? Anything? Uh, nihilism. I don't know. No, I mean, <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't really... I strongly believe in nothing! Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> Stand-up? I like stand-up. That's a good... That's a, um, Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those... I, I like that. I don't... Um, I'm, From I what I'm to... hearing, it sounds like people that are fanatics about something, you're kind of like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I, I'm generally... Like, a, like, I'm not a huge fan of much of... And like there's stuff that I like. I thought Westworld was great. I'm not spending my days writing fan fiction about Westworld or theory crafting where I think the series is going to go. It yeah. was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolores Abernathy can get it. Yeah, <laughs> Eric's a fan. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was great. Um, but I but I'm not. I'm like pretty opposed. Like I don't know. It's just I feel like. Anytime you get super into anything, whether it's like, you know, a certain presidential candidate or a comic book or whatever, it just feels weird. You know, like I, I just enjoy the stuff that you enjoy and don't let anyone take that away from you. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I just. Have you ever been a collector of anything? No, I don't really understand that behavior at all. Okay. Um, like, well, okay, when I was a kid, I collected magic cards, but that serves a purpose. It's to play a game. Mm-hmm. You take, you get the cards to play a strategy game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, I haven't, like, not, that's the thing, is it feels like a kid thing to me. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, my mom loves skunks. She collect like, not actual skunks, but, like, little skunk figurines sure. and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. And that's that's cool. Like, she you know. She probably you, has, like, a uh, skunks little, around little, the house. Little case full of them, sure. you know, and, like, Pippi Le Pew and all that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. it's cool. It's, people, it's a good fallback when people don't know what to get her for Christmas. Right. They find a skunk right. keychain and a skunk light um, switch cover. But a lot of that stuff, and this is going to sound really weird. I, I don't know. But, like, a lot of that stuff always feels to me like... Uh, there's a line in Breakfast of Champions by Vonnegut that always hits me when I think about being a fanatic or like a big fan of anything in this, in in kind of the culture where we live. Is it it monetizes you, where like you end up building a life around trinkets, and I just I'm so opposed to that. Mm-hmm. It just on a visceral level, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, like I forget the exact line, but it was about the the line from Vonnegut was about a woman that you know spent a lifetime accumulating things from catalogs, mm-hmm. and it's I just I don't want that. 
I don't want to have a house full of stuff. I mean, it'd be fine. I'm, I'm not opposed to houses or stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Take a stand, man. Take a stand. But, uh, but yeah, I just... The, the, the overwhelming commercialism of even Star Wars, for example, is just like, it's like, I, I mean, I get it. And uh, I loved Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. But you know what? I haven't seen the reboot because I'm not a child. Yeah, me neither. You know, it, it's just always funny to me, like, because the new comic book movie comes out and then all of my friends are reviewing it on Facebook. Yeah. Like it's a like it's a thing. It's an art event that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like well first of all start your review with i realize that this is for children <laughs> and well, then go Nate, from there trust me i like i uh look we've de- the comic book movies and come up a lot they're fun um the you know because a lot of comics a lot of people that do what you do are huge as you're saying are huge fans are huge like i'm a big comedy fan they're huge fans of comic book movies mm-hmm. and yeah and honestly sometimes like i when i know that my guest if that's going to come up and there's such i've like kind of felt intimidated with my lack of knowledge from keeping up with the 8000 marvel movies that come out yeah. every year yeah. and it's like cuz i don't i am a I'll fully admit I am a fanatic about certain things, and I do freaking collect trinkets, and it drives me nuts sometimes when I look at, you know, like I'll go on a vacation. Uh, like, that's the perfect, for me, that's when, you know, when you get away from all your stuff, and then you're like, I didn't miss anything. Why is it? I didn't miss anything. That we have to leave all of our stuff to feel free. I, why? I don't know. Tell me, right? Like, who has that, that answer? Because I want to know. Because I would love to have that. Because, on the, because I do that. I, I leave, and then you come back, and you're like, "What? This? I didn't need. I didn't miss any of this shit." Right. Yet the next time I'm at the store and I see this cool fucking, I would, like, I had Target yesterday. I was wasn't even looking for uh, anything for myself. I'm walking by uh, the clothes department, the you know where they have the men's clothes, mm-hmm. and I saw a little. It was a like in the shape of a Death Star. From Star Wars, and then inside is a pair of boxer shorts. I don't even <laughs> fucking wear boxer shorts anymore. I haven't worn boxer shorts since high school. You briefs guy? I'm a yeah, boxer brief. You boxer know? brief. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The respectable choice. Damn right. Yeah. There's no other kind of men's undergarment. Yeah, as far as I'm opinion. concerned, there isn't. And I actually just got some new what ones. What are you wearing? I any I feel about silk boxers the way I feel about comic book movies and Harry Potter. Like it's funny when you're 14. Yeah. But grow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I le- I left Target. I did not buy the Death Star uh holder for the uh, That's personal growth right there. Thank you. But I honestly stood there and stared at it and picked it up and looked at it and was like I could, I I want this. I don't even, I could, I'm not going to, if I got it, I even like was like, I, okay, I'm, but I don't wear boxers, so I would just like wear them as shorts around the house or something? Like, why do yeah. I even want this? Yet it's caught my eye and I want it so right. bad. It's corporate art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a disgusting concept. It really is. Like recently, like over the last couple of years, I've gotten interested in art where like I've actually bought a couple paintings from people that painted them. Awesome. And... Uh, and, it, you know, <laughs> I'd always been I'd always appreciated art, but like I saw a painting uh, like it's a guy that lives in St. Peter, Minnesota. And uh, it just like I just saw it and it just it spoke to me about a point in my life. It looked like like vaguely like an old apartment that I lived in mm-hmm. from the outside. And I bought it from him. Cool. And. I like looking at it. Yeah. That's all it does. It just sits on my wall. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent form over function or function over form. Uh-huh. But uh, that's the kind of like I wish that you know. It's just. It's so weird to me when it's like we have to. I have to buy all of the toys from the reboot of the thing that was designed to make me buy stuff when I was a child because mm-hmm. it reminds me. Of like, and I, I, I don't. Know. I, I think I sound like a real asshole right now. No, like I do mean enjoy whatever you enjoy, but but at the same time, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, no, I, I will tell you that. I mean, you're saying this, and it's like going against like what, I, how I freaking live. I'm not being, I'm not offended. I'm, I'm I get frustrated yeah. with myself for for continuing to do it. I've gotten better when they did the, you know, like you're saying about. Uh, 
Episode Two, the freaking right. Attack of the Clones, worst freaking Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Uh, which, on a side note, I, we, when I took my girls to Rogue One the other day, and we were talking about like they were trying to rank all of the movies, mm-hmm. and then we realized they haven't seen them all. And I started, I tried to explain the Clone Wars movie to them, and I went, you know what? I don't even want you to ever see it. It doesn't matter. And if the fact, if we ever sat together and watched it, it doesn't even make sense to me. It's yeah. a stupid movie that none of it adds up, and there's uh, just let's just forget it. I, I boycotted the third one. Yeah. Never watched it. Oh, see. Well, Still haven't seen it to this day, and I never will because you don't get to make a bad movie and get me to keep coming back to see your movies. Yes. See, no, but what I was going to say is that I have uh, – when they did the Star Wars reboot in the 90s, I had money where I did. Like, honestly, I my this is sad, Nate. The, my same friend that, like, in elementary school, when new Star Wars toys would come out, like, he and I were sort of in, like, this... I never won, but it was sort of a competition, like, who's going to get the newest mm-hmm. one first or something. Yeah. He always got it, and I never did. He had the phone number to the toy section at Target and Kmart memorized because he would call the <laughs> toy departments and have them check aisles. Well, shelves. now I think we understand why you do it as an adult. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't, I was like, I didn't, I didn't get as much as him, but we always compete but the, um, and compare and whatnot. Then, like, go, to, and then go forward to the 90s, and then those movies start coming out with that same buddy that we used to do this in like second grade we got together on a you know it was like a thursday night at midnight and went to a freaking walmart i'm i hate walmart uh but we went to a walmart just because they were going to be open at midnight and they were bringing and we were there and they brought the toys out in the crates like still in the cardboard boxes and we literally just got to like tear through them and take (laughs) everything we wanted and now i don't buy any of the new toys anymore so i've learned my lesson well i I, I don't want to sound judgmental. I guess it's just it's just not for me. Yeah. You know, I I live a pretty sparse life, I think mostly due to income. <laughs> well, and there's that <laughs> so, as well. So it helps to just, you know, I like to get on my high horse about the things I couldn't afford anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a, this I is like a... to act like it's a moral it's a you know it's a moral thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is this is my stand against capitalism. It yeah. has nothing to do with the fact that I'm broke. Right. It's not like the concert I missed and then I just assume it sucked because I didn't right. go. Right. This isn't sour grapes. Dancing is stupid because I can't do it. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I hate playing basketball because I suck at it. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Stand-up comedy is amazing and it's the one true art form. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just so happens to be the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> hey, it works. It works out. Um, that's fun. Do you? Uh, did you ever buy? Do you ever buy a comedy like before you were performing? Were oh, you yeah. a fan? Did you buy yeah, tapes, absolutely. albums, MP3s, and crap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mostly got into it probably around sixteen. Was when I really got into like consuming it. Mm-hmm. Um, never really considered doing like doing stand-up i do remember uh david cross released a double disc called shut Shut up Up, you you fucking fucking baby Baby. um love that album yeah i did too and uh i remember that was like one of the first albums where like kind of started a lot of my friends we used to listen to that we listened to that record together like me and a bunch of friends and i remember after that like a couple people were like he kind of reminds me of you. Yeah. And uh, I'm not <laughs> trying to draw a parallel between me and David Cross at all. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time in my life where I was like, yeah, maybe I could do stand-up. And then, you know, didn't do anything with it for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but but that was the first That was the first time. And, and that, yeah, I loved that record. I thought it was just amazing. Um, I never say this word, uh, but... I'm going to say it now, quoting David Cross from one of his jokes, when he's waiting in line uh, at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, the, beer, the beer line or the tickets for the beer line. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, faggot. <laughs> yeah. That, it's a great joke. And, and, you know, one of the things I loved about that record was he was from the South, and he was – that record is, is a kind of a reactionary – thing about being a smart kid growing up in the south and i really identified with it right on um with a lot of the same sort of attitudes he grew up with and 
you know, it's it's pretty. Uh, we we like to up here. We like to talk a lot of shit about the South. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is there are great people, and it is. I don't believe that the South is inherently more ignorant than any other parts of the country. I believe that people are people are people. Mm -hmm. And um, there are different narratives that I think people buy into. Like, we have a different narrative up here, and we buy it just as unquestioningly as people in other parts of the world have a different narrative and buy into it. Sure, Narratives are harmful or helpful depending on the narrative itself. So, uh, you know, it's easy... (laughs) To be fed a less harmful narrative and then to believe you are inherently smarter than the people that have a different, more harmful narrative. Yeah. That fits. So uh, I love the South and I'm ha- I'm glad that I was from there. You know, I, I had a really interesting cultural experiences with it. Like I, I ended up taking the same curriculum wise U.S. history class in Dallas, Texas and Albert Lee, Minnesota. And so in back-to-back years, ninth grade to 10th grade, because the school district I came from in Dallas was much larger and I was in advanced classes. And then I moved to a small town and they did not have that. So I basically repeated a grade without, like, my 10th grade. You moved ahead. Yeah, I was ahead in ninth grade and then I just basically ended up taking a lot of the same curriculum stuff in 10th grade. Mm And uh, and it was really funny to have the same course, but with all of the cultural implications of how it was taught flipped. Oh, yeah. So I learned I feel like that was a, a big part of like me learning about people in general and, and things like that. And like one of the big like the easiest thing to kind of articulate is uh, in the South, you're taught. People, kids are taught that the Civil War was about states' rights. It's a very common narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the North, you're taught that the war was about slavery. slavery. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is that both things are true. But the people that are teaching what it was about to the people where they live have it flipped. In the South, the war was about slavery. In the North, the war was about states' rights. Lincoln flipped the narrative with the Gettysburg Address. He made it, he let, he gave the North the moral high ground in the war, which they hadn't had up to that point. At that point, it was just a disagreement over counting legislative votes and electoral votes and seats in, you know, our parliament, Congress, Mm -hmm. right? So... It was a matter of how to it was a matter of political power. The The South wanted more to more say and, and they couldn't agree on it. And that's why that war started. And then he made it about civil rights, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. He made it about, you know, we want to free these people, yeah. which is not what it was about to start with. So but but in the South. It was about not letting these people get free yeah. because their entire society was based on it. Yeah. And and it was terrible. Um, I mean, obviously, right? I'm not trying to, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to say that. But but in the South, they say it's about states' rights. And the, the whole narrative is like, well, we wanted to leave and they said we couldn't. And that's why we went to war. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're kind of glossing over a real important fact. Yeah. And then in the North, we're like, we were the good guys the whole time, which is true. But that's not how it started. There, there wasn't, like, abolitionists were a minority at the start of the war. And the, the narrative changed over the course of the war, mm-hmm. and then towards the end of it, it became about the abolition of slavery, which is a good thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, which needed to happen, obviously. And you know, we still deal with the cultural implications of the fact that that happened every day, and it's you know, it's fucking, it's a rough country mm-hmm. um, because of where we came from. But but yeah, so like you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I rambled way too much. Oh, no, that's good. No, no, but, no, 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 no. Um, 
we talked like that was before we were recording. We uh, video games came up. We yeah. talked about video games. Yeah, I want We'll talk about that in a second here. How about reading? Are you are you read like it sounds like you're a reader. Are you a reader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like reading. I mean, I feel like I've one thing that I really want to do is get back to paper books, um, because I think one of the things that I've always loved about reading was the disconnect and immersion that isn't really possible when you're doing your reading on a connected device. Mm-hmm. Because, like... I just... Let me just... I gotta yeah. say that I just read my f- uh, first book on my iPad. I'd never done that before. I'd yeah. never done that. I And I liked it because I could switch the color, like, to make the background dark and the light and the letters yeah. white, and I can sit in bed and read in the dark, and no, it doesn't and it's, hurt my eyes. It's you awesome. Know, they're all great devices, and I think that that's really cool. And I don't want to sound like a Luddite, but to me, reading, like, when I'm reading, like, for instance, I read a lot of articles on my phone, um, and... When I'm reading something on my phone, there's so many spots where I'll read something and it affects me intellectually or emotionally. And then my immediately I make a connection in my head to a person that I want to communicate this idea that I just just read yeah. with. Yeah. And then I take a screenshot and I send it to him and then we start talking about it. Uh-huh. But I've never really given myself a chance to process it. And and so you know, that's one of those things that I really want to get back to. Um, this year has been been a lot of, you know, I think the technology is great and I think it empowers us to do amazing things. But I also think that some conscious thought about what we're doing needs to be a part of that mm-hmm. for me, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I I haven't been reading as many books as I used to, for sure. And I think it's definitely affected the just me. Yeah. You know what I did? You know what you know what I think triggered my cuz I'm in fact when I had told my daughters that I finished a book, they literally went, "No you didn't. You don't read." <laughs> yeah. Ah. That's ah, how that's little a, That's a tough moment. Yeah. I don't like to hear that. No. And as I'm the one like, "Gay girls, I know school wants you, you know, 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever each day, like, let's go, you know, quiet time, let's do some reading." Like I have to encourage that and then I tell them, I, you don't read books. I'm like, I did, I swear, you know. Um, so, but, I, you know, let, let's, uh, we got to keep the paper companies in business. That's important. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I love paper books. I just do. You know, and I and I want to get back to reading those. Just you know, so. I was, yeah, and I, you know what it got me back, or you know what it got me to, I guess disconnect with like, like what nudged me kind of to disconnect from being so connected to current news and shit on my phone was the summer was so much politics and then we had the election and then that happened and then right. it was like I think I just want to like cut things off here and like disconnect from yeah. I don't I don't want to read news like I've always been like you know I'll watch like the if I'm home at six o'clock I'll put the local news on if it's 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and I'm home I'll put the local news on recently I've like made a point to not do that it's like and I think the election had a lot to do with that it was like yeah. I just need to I'm not as interested I don't want to know what's going on right now I just want to yeah I mean go in a fantasy world for a while <laughs> yeah I've definitely done my my fair share of escapism. My thing has always been I I don't do great with TV. I don't and it's not because I don't have anything against it. Um it's just that the way that I turn my brain off is not to sit and passively engage with something because my it doesn't stop. Um and not in a good way. I'm not talking about like my brain's super powered and it's running all the time. Like it just <laughs> The way that I, I melt things with it, it just right. Keeps... <laughs> the the way that I can, like, feel at peace is I get a video game that keeps it busy, mm-hmm. and that's the only way that I can relax. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I hear you. What game? Um, so let's get to that. What games are you playing? Uh, lately, I've been playing uh, a game called Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a very strange uh, game. Are you familiar with Lovecraft at all? 
Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the idea behind the video game is uh, you're the descendant of this crazy person that used to be a part of this house with a big mansion until he went crazy and start and heard these rumors about a portal to another dimension in the foundation of the bedrock of this ancient manor. Oh, and uh, spent the entire family fortune trying to dig it up. Finally found it and opened a portal to another dimension and uh, a bunch of monsters came through. And so you're kind of trying to reclaim the estate. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's a, it's very random, uh, you know, People go crazy and die a lot in the game, and it's it's just a it's a little strategy turn based thing, and I enjoy that. Um, so let's say like uh, you go do a show somewhere locally. Uh, mm-hmm. You get home. I'm just gonna say you get home at uh, one a.m. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that? And then you sit down and start playing. When do you finish? Oof. I mean, I'm trying to. That's the thing. You know, that's that's been my thing. Like. The way that other people collect stuff is I spend way too much time playing video games. And that's something that I've I've really been trying to work on. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, depends on the video game. Yeah. <laughs> 7 a.m.? Who knows? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, can go, it can go way too deep. Um, but it two is... Suns, two sun, like, sunset into sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's all a cycle, babe. <laughs> it comes back around. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah, um... I you know I had a real illuminating moment for me. I was talking to Brian Miller, and uh, he said that someone asked his wife what her favorite thing about him was, and without hesitation, she said he doesn't play video games. <laughs> and that was a real real moment for me. Not in terms of uh, stealing his wife, <laughs> which I mean you know that's still on the table, but <laughs> but just in terms of. Uh, and not necessarily even in terms of like uh, a romantic relationship, which I'm not really in a headspace for. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe who knows? But I will, I'm always putting my foot in my mouth when I make statements. But um, just in terms of like, yeah, I do. I have started to feel like it is a little. It's like the one thing that I just haven't been able to let go of. But they're making them for us, for people so our good. age. They're so they're so entertaining. But I, you know, I think back on my life, and I have so many memories that are wrapped up in video games. Where like I'm starting to get to a point where like I feel like I got enough of those. I feel like I have enough stories about cool things that happened in video games that I was playing, and I want to have more stories about cool things that happened that aren't in video games. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever had this? I had a, uh, like back in my 20s, I had a roommate, and we used to play one of those. I think that was when the Dreamcast, Sega. Oh, wow, that was a short-lived Sega, system. Dreamcast, yeah. But it had a kick-ass football game. Okay. Like the, one of the, it wasn't Madden, but it was a, whatever it was called. It was a very realistic, mm-hmm. really cool football game. Easy to play, a lot of fun. My buddy and I were playing. You got the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's so it's so based on fantasy. The Vikings won the Super Bowl. Um, you could do anything with it. No, we were my buddy, my roommate, and I were playing and drinking, and uh, he got to the point where he got so drunk he was in the bathroom. Like he, we were playing, and then he hit pause, left the room, and I was like, "Is he coming back?" Let's and then. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And then I realized he was in there be- getting sick and throwing up. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm sick of waiting. I I, I was on offense. <laughs> and I go, dude, just tell me what play you were going to pick. And I put it in. <laughs> so he yelled out a play. I put it. I took his controller, put it in his defensive play, and we finished the game. Where I- <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and he survived. Everybody's okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um. Let's see. Is there anything else? We're almost at an hour here, I think, or we are. Yeah, we're just about at an hour here. What else should we... Uh, ma- you know what? This is a fun question I've been doing. I asked, uh, and I think I know your answer here. I can almost guess it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Dwight, Dwight Slade was here last week, and I asked him this one. When you're watching a nature show, mm-hmm. and it's like the, uh, let's say it's the lion who's about to have a confrontation with like an antelope, who do you cheer for? For the antelope to get away or for the lion to tear it to shreds? I just want a good story. Just want a good story? Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
you know, it's it's hard to you know the anal you know the antelope dies and little baby lion cubs get to eat antelope, or the antelope lives and gets to eat grass or whatever antelopes do. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe he maybe the antelope has kids back at the forest. Or yeah, whatever. like those those kind of things are always. I think it's I think you want to cheer for the prey in the moment. But then if the camera doesn't leave and you see the lion go back to a gaunt family of lions, it's a lot more sad. <laughs> Walking home with its head you down, know what I mean? its tail dragging in the mud. Mm, Sim- failed again. Simba's there too weak to sing Hakuna Matata. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all, that's, you know, it's all... And that's how lions became extinct. <laughs> well, there's a little more to it. <laughs> N- Nate, with his big heart, jumped in and pulled him aside, pulled him apart. <laughs> you antelope, you run this way. <laughs> Free. <laughs> Home on the range. Yeah, you, we should just feed tourists to the lions. Well, right. I don't know which tourists. I, you know. <laughs> There's annoying ones everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm all down for that. Uh, let's see. I wrote so much stuff here. Let me think. I, if there's got to be something here I want to mention or I'm going to really be upset. Um, oh, I saw something on Facebook. This is like a month or so ago. You wrote something about making a big pot of red beans. Is that a real thing? Are you? Did you really yeah. cook for people? And... I made a big pot of red beans and rice. Yeah. Because yeah. you like cooking? Yeah, I yeah. do. I, I enjoy cooking. That's awesome. It's uh. You know, this is... God, I sound like such a counterculture dipshit, but... <laughs> Uh, it's something I've been I've been thinking about a lot and talking with a couple of my close friends about. Like, I think that when it comes to the corporatization of everything, that the food industry is one of the things that, like, losing cooking, I think, is such a strange thing that's happened to us. Um, you know, every like we all just buy prepackaged dinners and we eat them, and we we let the suits get between us and the skillet somehow. And uh, over the last several years, I've really been focusing on learning cooking skills. Um, and, and and I also come, my dad is an amazing cook. Yeah, I think you um, mentioned that on uh, this podcast before. Yeah, so like, so I come from, you know, watching him and, and it's a fun, like I call him when I'm doing stuff like that and we talk about it, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. And uh, so I've been, I've been trying to, cook all of my meals there's a lot of like really good really good documentaries and stuff about sort of the like obesity is linked to food preparation in that people that aren't involved in the the preparation of their meals tend to be way fatter than people that aren't Mm. the people that are Mm -hmm. like like when you cook when you're cooking all your own food you're you're being involved in the creation of it really limits the amount you overeat just in some, some sort of pro- like, it's just a correlation that mm-hmm. seems to exist. Okay. Um, so I've been really trying to focus on, you know, cause for a, lo- a lot of years, my pattern has been, I don't like to eat before shows. Okay. And sometimes I don't get off work until one in the morning and then I go to a gas station and I get whatever seems good. Yeah. And then I eat it and I go to sleep. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I've really been trying to get away from that. You know, buying buying food and making it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I, also, I, I, sometimes you give yourself food poisoning. So that's just <laughs> that happened to me last week. No. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. From, I don't think. Can I ask I, from what? I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> could have been anything, man. <laughs> the one time you I forgot threw to wash away your hands. a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, that sucks. You know my. One of my kids totally. We went uh, grocery shopping last Friday night, and we're going through the checkout. And she goes, "She's eight. This is my eight-year-old daughter." She pointed out how I'm buying it, like what you're describing. Everything that's there was no. I was just buying a call. I already had stuff at home. Right, right. Like yeah. I already had bananas and some apples. But she was like, "Dad, everything you're buying is in a package." Oh, I fuck, think you're on, right. like it's so weird. The how dare way... you bust me on that? Like, the younger generation seems to be growing up in the middle of this and, like, seeing all the flaws in the ways that we never did. Oh, yeah. That's something that that fills me with a lot of hope. Yeah. 
Well, you'll like this. We, I, uh, yeah, we, I, whatever I served for dinner that night, then my eight-year-old again was like, well, I need a vegetable too. <laughs> Where are you from? Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And then I had to search for one, which wasn't <laughs> easy. <laughs> we'll try to find one. <laughs> what are, are pickles for? <laughs> Is that a fruit? No, vegetable, right? Okay. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, it counts. Uh, all right. I think, I think we did it, Nate. When yeah, be, I, I hope, you know, look, I just want to say that my stand-up show is great. <laughs> it is great. I feel like I interview like a professor that walked away from the job 10 years ago and is never coming back, but my stand-up show is pretty funny, so I just want to put that out that's there. That's Okay, now you're saying that because you, you, you feel like you just sat here and like talked about everything, you know, like... All my problems with this culture and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I do, you know... I have a lot, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I just well, uh, you can blame me for that because I like doing that. I want, I want, you know. I'm getting a more of a feel for me and for everyone, anyone that's listening of who you really are. It doesn't, you know. Well, I think also I thing. interview is who I want to be. Oh, <laughs> you know, and not necessarily like you know. I mean, it's the new year. I'm making a lot. I'm making changes. Right on. I'm going to the gym every day for <laughs> four to six weeks at least. Uh huh. And I'm going to read books. And I'm going to stop getting in fights on Facebook. And I'm going to call my mom every day. Yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is the new me, baby. <laughs> Nate 2017. Yeah, 2017 is going to be our year. Uh-huh. I like We're coming it. in hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, do, you, uh, do, you, do you have any wares that you sell to people after the shows? Do you, is there anything you have? I sell a poster sometimes. You sell a poster? Do you have that here this week at Acme? I haven't been selling it. No. Uh, just because I like not making more money. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes. It's more stuff to carry around and you're not into that. Sometimes I really need the money. And that is definitely when I sell stuff. <laughs> um, so know that if you see Nate and he's carrying things to try and sell you. Then I am hungry. Yeah, <laughs> he's hungry. <laughs> He's hungry and he hasn't made it to the store yet to buy groceries. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. I think we did it. Um, Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. All right. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy fucking whatever. I. That's one of the things that I'm the maddest at conservatives about right now is that. The happy holidays, Merry Christmas thing is a political statement, right. and like I'm not trying to make one. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. I saw your tweet about uh, what was it. Uh, you, oh, you I hope, hope Trump. I Go hope ahead. Donald Trump gets caught saying "Happy Holidays" to an immigrant. <laughs> Just, I want to see that news cycle. Yes, Just for a change of pace. Uh huh. Perfect. We'll end it there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.